Welcome to the inaugural episode of Burn Orange Nation's newest podcast, the Monday edition of the Longhorn Republic. Cameron Parker here along with Wes Scott Eberts. Wes Scott, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Cameron. Uh, lots to talk about on this Monday with a uh, new starting quarterback for the Longhorns on Saturday. Yeah, Sark had his uh, press conference today and it was... Um... It was pretty boring, uh, besides the obvious Casey Thompson now starting over Hudson Card, sending uh, Longhorn Twitter and social media into shockwaves. It was kind of a decision that felt like was going to be made, especially after uh, the performance uh, against Arkansas. Yeah, no question about that. To me, you know, there's a lot of clamor for Hudson Card to come in at halftime. Um, I thought, and I think Steve Sarkeesian agreed that most of the issues in the first half weren't necessarily related to Hudson Card. Um, a lot of it was really surrounding the offensive line. Um, when on Twitter, um, you know, I really called for Card to be pulled was after he missed those two shot plays um, on on his second to last possession, uh, just before Texas had that awful uh, fourth and one call by Sark that resulted in the turnover on downs. And you know, to me, that the, the the issue with with Card is, is really that he hasn't hit any of those shot plays. And, you know, there are three times in that game where he missed wide open receivers, including that uh, potential touchdown pass to Jordan Whittington in the first half that kind of tailed over Whittington's head and didn't allow him to make a play on the ball. And, you know, so Card also had the issues that Sark mentioned with being really antsy in the pocket. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is that the Texas passing game hasn't been explosive. And a large part of that is because Hudson Card has missed his shot plays. And so with Casey Thompson, you know, doing everything possible to to produce, uh, you know, 24 points and um, I think, what, maybe five drives so far this season, something like that. Um, you know, he, he's done everything that he can to earn the opportunity. And, you know, as Steve Sarkeesian mentioned today, uh, it's it's fair to give him that chance now. Yeah, and I don't think Hudson's played awful. He hasn't done anything that has made Texas lose, but Casey coming in just seems more aggressive. Like those two drives against Arkansas, two touchdowns against Louisiana, 10 points on three drives and kind of in the shape the offensive line is right now, it seems like Texas has a better chance of winning with Casey at the quarterback instead of Hudson right now. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of touched on the biggest reason for that. Um, you know, Thompson has been much more decisive with his scrambling um, card, you know, they talked about this in the, in the first game with, you know, his eye discipline, discipline being better against Louisiana. It kind of fell apart against Arkansas. And that's something that that happens to him frequently in practice, too. And I think that's an area where the experience of Casey Thompson could provide an advantage. Um, you know, certainly the Arkansas defense was really bailing out late in that game. And, and so the scrambles were there for Casey Thompson, but you know, there's maybe his first one. Um, they ran an RPO. And as soon as he saw that the screen was covered, uh, he took off and, and made a positive gain. And so I think, you know, the worst case scenario is that uh, Rice puts a spy on Casey Thompson and, and that takes uh, one person out of coverage. Uh, which may free up some opportunities for the tight ends and, and the running backs and the wide receivers, or, you know, Thompson can pick up those positive yardage. And, you know, that's something that Texas desperately needs because they've been consistently um, in third down and really long situations all year, um, even in that win over Louisiana in the opener. 
Yeah, and Sark mentioned today that Texas kept losing on first down. There's a lot of a lot of first or a lot of second and third and longs. You're not going to win a ball game when you have third and nine, third and eight. And Arkansas, you know, three man front. They you know they were dropping eight back in card. You know, like like Sark said today, he was a little bit antsy in the pocket. And I you know I felt like maybe in the back of his mind he was worried he was about to be you know sacked. So he was trying to leave the pocket too early. Just wasn't making any good throws. You know he he missed uh, wit. One time, you know, Witt had two drops. He had Worthy open. He missed Joshua Moore. I think Worthy and Moore back-to-back throws. And it just, when Thompson came in, it just seemed a little bit more easier. And he looked more comfortable. You know, if you think sitting sitting for three quarters and you come into an environment like Arkansas, I think it was the the uh, highest capacity in, at Reynolds Stadium in history, if I'm, if I'm correct. And he, he just looked a little bit more comfortable. He looked better. And, you know, we kind of knew this season that it could be like this going back and forth between Card and, and Thompson. That's why, you know, Sark kind of left, left the door open for Casey Thompson for that Louisiana game and said, hey, he's, he's going to play. And the same thing against Arkansas. And the same thing now for Rice, except now it will be Thompson starting and, and Card coming in. Now asking you, when do you think we need or Sark needs or Texas needs to know who who the guy is? Do we have time between Rice and Tech or does, or does he need to know it? before Big 12 play opens or even before, you know, the Oklahoma game? Yeah, well, I would say, uh, you know, it's going to be a really big problem if Texas can't get it figured out by the TCU game, uh, the second game of, of conference play. Um, you know, that starts the stretch of it goes TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And uh, I think that may very well be uh, the deciding stretch of the season uh, for how this year goes for the Longhorns and in uh, Sark's first year. And so to me, that that's the point where, you know, Texas absolutely needs to get this figured out. Um, you know, I'm not convinced that's necessarily going to happen. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, Rice and, and uh, Texas Tech may not uh, provide all of the information that that's, um, you know, ultimately necessary because, you know, neither one of those teams is really particularly good, but, um, you know, at the, at the same time, just, I think really seeing the most extended playing time of, of Thompson's career so far, uh, should, you know, provide a better insight in, into the type of player that he could potentially be because, you know, this is now his, his fourth season on the 40 acres and, you know, the Alamo bowl still remains the most that he's played. And that was, you know, barely over a quarter. Yeah, I don't know if, if Rice or even Texas Tech will, will tell us enough about either quarterbacks. Uh, Rice, they struggled last week after you know, keeping Texas Tech, uh, holding Texas Tech to just, uh, it was tied, I think 17-17 going the fourth quarter in, the, in that week one. And last week gave up 44, only scored seven. Uh, I forget who they who they played last week. Played Houston. Um, Houston, yeah, lost 44-7. And Texas Tech, they, they struggled last week too. But Sark also alluded to today that he's going to keep the same five offensive linemen. Um, not a good game offensively for the O-line against Arkansas. I mean, I don't think any guy really had a good game just watching through it last night. Everybody was kind of being manhandled by that three-man front. But he said he would like to get um, Andre Carrick and, and maybe Hayden Connor in, but he still wants to keep the same five guys and kind of get them more more chemistry. What do you think about that? Yeah, it sort of reminds me of, um, you know, something that Todd Orlando said late in his tenure when, you know, his last defense was really struggling. You know, he said if they're, you know, if your players aren't getting the answers right on the test, the solution isn't to give them another test. It's 
to get the it's to ensure that they have the right answers. And so, you know, I think it, it's still so early in this scheme and this scheme is, is really demanding. Um, you know, Sarkeesian wants them to be able to be able to run, you know, five or six, uh, you know, different, different concepts so that they have all of those available. And I think, you know, as he takes a, a long-term approach to this, I, I think he's been a little bit stubborn with that. Um, you know, maybe a little bit too stubborn in, in my opinion, given how well this offensive line ran outside zone and how good at, at, at how good uh, Bijan Robinson is in that scheme. I think it would really benefit Texas to run that more. Um, but I, I do agree with the notion that this group does, you know, need more time to gel. You have, you know, guys playing in some different positions from last year. I think, you know, the loss of, of Sam Cosme was, was obviously, you know, really huge. Um, I mean, the, you know, the best offensive lineman, you know, that Texas has had since, you know, Connor Williams. And then before that, I mean, going back to, in terms of the drafted guys, I mean, Tony Hill. So, you know, that's, that's really a kind of a historic talent for Texas to lose along the offensive line. And I think, I think that's kind of gotten overlooked because, you know, Texas has guys that are coming back who have starting experience for guys with, with a lot of it. Um, But I I do, uh, I do think it makes sense to, to stick with this group a little bit longer. And, um, you know, that's our kind of alluded to, it would be really beneficial um, for the offensive line as a whole. If Texas can get into a game situation against rice where they can get Connor and Carrick on the field. Yeah, that'd be good for both of them. And of course, Jake majors only had two career starts. Uh, he had some tough moments. So it's, it's definitely a lot of those guys that have been at Texas for a while, but you know, they haven't played together that much and it's kind of it's easy after two games to kind of sit here and just say well this needs to change and this needs to change and um we'll see if sark is right and it's it's a good game plan he wants to keep these guys working together and obviously you know it's it's a demanding scheme like like you touched on but through two games um where was your expectations for this team after the louisiana game and how has that changed since the arkansas lost (laughs) i'm trying not to overreact um, I mean, they, they kind of, uh, they kind of cratered actually, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I was really hardened by the performance against Louisiana. I thought that Texas looked better coached than they have since late, you know, late in the Mac Brown era before it collapsed, you know, probably maybe, maybe 2009, um, you know, I guess, you know, 2000, 2011 and 2012 were, you know, kind of starting Texas really starting to fall off a cliff and, you know, certainly 2010 was just a total disaster. Um, and for as well coached as Texas was in the opener, I thought they were just as poorly coached against, um, against Arkansas. I mean, the fourth and one call by, by Sarkeesian was terrible. I mean, you just tell as soon as they went under center that they were going to try to run the ball inside something that they hadn't been able to do, you know, all day against Arkansas. And that's just kind of, it wasn't even the first time, you know, Sarkeesian was banging his head against that particular wall in that game. And I thought the calls on the goal line later in the game, giving uh, Keelan Robinson the ball, um, trying to run inside again, didn't make sense either. Um, you know, I thought the, the defensive game plan was poor. Um, I'm not sure why, why Sarkeesian has gone away from RPOs um, and, and outside zone uh, so much. And, and so, you know, the, the tackling issues returned and, um, and it, it was just a, it was a really uh, frustrating performance that, 
you know, has, has made me question some of the things that, um, you know, I was assuming about this staff being an upgrade over previous staffs. And, you know, like I said, I'm trying not to overreact and, and it's still really early, but, you know, uh, Texas can't afford to have more games like that where, where the players play that way. And they can't afford to have games where the coaches don't put them in better positions to succeed. Yeah, and one thing that Sark touched on that I thought was pretty interesting where was he was saying he wanted to get this program to the point where it hates losing more than they like winning and it's and it's an ongoing process, which kinda you know makes me think that, you know, this locker room, you know, they're so used to losing over the fat past few years. I mean, besides the sugar bowl year, which is by far the you know the best season Texas has had since 2009. Even though it, they did lose, I believe four four times that season, only got in because of Oklahoma making it to the playoff game. But it just seems like this team still kind of stuck in their old ways as it was under the Herman era. And even though these guys weren't here uh, for Charlie Strong, it still kind of feels like the Texas program. It's just a program that is now like, oh, it's it's Texas, oh, we're back, and then we're going to lose a game, and it's going to be back to the same old, same old Texas where it's not the top program that I think the Texas media and even some of the fans kind of still think that Texas is. And it did, that kind of spoke to me that maybe this program isn't as good as some of us thought it was going to be. I mean, after the Arc- Louisiana game, excuse me, you know, my expectations were kind of – I thought Louisiana was going to play more of a challenge. I thought for sure that they were going to cover the spread. I think it was 14 and a half. I thought there's no way Texas wins by more than 14 and they won by 20 and I was completely wrong and I thought going to Arkansas that Texas would uh, would cover the line and of course you know that didn't work out too well but it felt like kind of our hopes got up after that Louisiana game because we'd never seen a team coach that well like it was such an easy win it almost felt too easy where you're kind of looking around the stadium's like okay where's the where's the drop punt you know where's offensive holding you know or where's defensive holding at you know I mean everything that didn't go wrong against Louisiana went wrong against Arkansas. Like it was almost, you know, like two games worth of adversity packed into one game. Um, You know, in terms of where uh, this Texas program is culturally, um, I'm not sure that I have really great feel for where that is right now. And I I think, you know, that was sharp of you to, to, you know, point that out about, you know, what Sark said. And, you know, I, I, I thought Texas last year, um, you know, had as much toughness as they've shown being able to to come back and win that game against Texas Tech to be able to come back and, and nearly win that game against Oklahoma. And, you know, they had a chance to go play in the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, Tom Herman's horrible game management, you know, in that in that contest was was really I thought the difference more than the players making mistakes on the field or not having enough confidence or, or belief or, or a mental and physical toughness. So, um, you know, I don't know if maybe I thought the program was in better shape, um, you know, than it really is. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something that, you know, the team is really going to come, you know, to define themselves, you know, over the coming games, because, you know, as, as much as, you know, there are some mistakes on the field, like Cameron Dicker, you know, kind of inexplicably dropping the snap, a good snap on on the punt and, you know, some of the bad luck. I, you know, I, I thought that real issues um, were, were in coaching and not, you know, pulling card fast enough. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really think that, you know, it was a team that, you know, got completely shell-shocked or had a, you know, here we go again type of moment, like, you know, they're having kind of late in the Mac Brown era or, or under Charlie Strong. And, you know, certainly 
um, you know, they never got blown out like that, you know, under Tom Herman as they did. And, you know, that was really the thing that I, I think really kind of, I'm, I'm still a little bit shocked about, um, you know, that that happened when, you know, Herman had been so good at avoiding it and they spent a lot of money to, to bring in Tarkeesian and, and spent a lot of money on the staff. And, you know, that was supposed to be an upgrade and, you know, on Saturday in Fayetteville, it, it, it was not. And, um, you know, they need to get it fixed fast. Yeah. Worst loss since uh, TCU in 2016, hard to believe uh, has been more hasn't happened since then, but yeah, Sark said today, um, you know, in hindsight, he probably would have brought Casey Thompson or, you know, he could have. And But there was nothing in that first half that I thought that Hudson Carr did that, you know, made me feel confident going into the second half. Just everything in that offense, like everything went wrong, like you said, what just went wrong offensively. I mean, it kind of just started after, you know, Crawford's foot was out of bounds on that, that muff punt. And then just, you know, um, five, I think five three and outs out of their first seven drives, if I'm correct. And one of those was um, the interception that B.J. Foster had, which almost probably would have saved the touchdown, honestly, if he doesn't get his hand on that ball. And then um, – the, the third the third or fourth drive that, that stalled out and ended up in that 52 yard missed field goal and just you know you had the missed drops you had a delay of game penalties you just had you know missed assignments blocking it just you know everything went bad that that went bad and and but Casey Thompson you know came in that second half and just he looked a lot better but you know Sark also touched on that you know it was different circumstances you know Arkansas playing a little bit of prevent defense you know just a free man three man front so it, it's hard to Hard to say that Casey, if he started, it would have been a, a different outcome, I think. But I do agree that the right move is probably to start Casey and just see what he can do. I just don't know if we're going to be able to see enough against Rice and Texas Tech from either quarterback that will make us feel comfortable going into TCU and Oklahoma saying, OK, this guy is definitely the guy. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will be Thompson. Maybe he'll run away with it, as a lot of people think he will. I I think that's correct. I think I've seen some people on Twitter who are kind of overblowing that, um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, what I touched on that, you know, Casey Thompson just hasn't, he hasn't had any extended playing time in his four years at Texas. So at the least there will be some data points for his performance, an in-game performance from him that hasn't existed before. And, and that's still, that's still crucially important. Will that answer all those questions? No, I, I don't think so. But um, you know, I don't I don't think there's any reason to, to underplay the importance and, and act like there's nothing, you know, possible that, that can be learned. I mean, the bottom line for this Texas offense is that they have to be able to threaten opponents with their vertical passing game. I mean, that's just a huge part of what Sark does. That that's something every offense, you know, wants to accomplish. And, you know, that was really you know, as I mentioned, the major reason why they, they had to pull card and, you know, maybe he, he improves, you know, in that area. I think he's talented enough that he should. But, you know, if Casey Thompson can come out and do that against Rice and come out and do that against Texas Tech, then that does answer potentially one of the biggest questions about this, you know, offense. And, you know, I think if he can do it against the, the, those two teams, you know, TCU's defense, I don't think is, is really good enough, you know, that, that they can necessarily stop him. I, you know, I'm not Oklahoma's defense, you know, is better, but, um, you know, I, I don't think any of those, you know, three defining opponents that we've talked about are so good defensively that they can completely take away that if Thompson is capable of doing it against, 
uh, Rice and Texas Tech. Yeah, and I think Texas really misses Troy or, or Mary. I don't know when he, there wasn't any status updates on, on him yesterday, so I don't know when Texas will get him back, but definitely missing some um, some verticality in their offense. And they had the shots, um, just card couldn't connect. And, and Whittington, you know, he had a couple drops. Um, this game might be completely different. If Whittington catches that touchdown, you know, it, it would be 7-3, if I'm correct, 7-3. Texas, or 10, I think it would have been 10-7, right? I think so, yeah. 10-7. And who knows what happens. But um, any other thoughts that you had from, from Sark's press conference today or just anything in general? Yeah, well, just, you know, on the, on the wide receivers, I thought it was notable that that he thought that they that they basically been okay. You know, I think that they could create a little bit more separation. You know, I think a guy like Xavier Worthy, you know, certainly should, you know, keep improving as, as an in-game player based on, you know, everything that we've heard about him you know, coming out of the, the really sensational summer and, and sen- sensational preseason camp for him. And, you know, Jordan Whittington still hasn't played very much on the college level. So, you know, he's a third-year player, but, you know, in terms of actual in-game experience, he might as well be a freshman. Um, so it's disappointing, you know, to see those drops from him after, you know, the really promising performance. But, you know, I would expect that, you know, he he's going to be able to clean those things up and, um, you know, Joshua Moore really needs to be more productive too. And, and some of that's, you know, I think it is just not being able to hit, you know, those sharp, uh, those shot plays, but, you know, I kind of wonder where, you know, some of the RPOs are with him, like the glance route, you know, like he scored that touchdown on, on the first play against UTEP last year. And just some of the, some of the stuff that, um, you know, Sark was doing with uh, Devonte Smith last year, I thought Joshua Moore was a really good fit with, and, you know, I'm not really sure why they've, why they've moved away from those RPOs. And I think, you know, if they could get back to doing that, that's kind of the base foundation of, of Sarkeesian's offense. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of a, a question mark that, you know, I'd like to ask him about, you know, on, on Thursday. And I think, you know, putting those elements into the game plan is something that, you know, could help take some pressure, you know, off the offensive line right now. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of Joshua Moore. And that might just be a thing with him and Hudson Carr just not having a rapport together. It, it seems like Carr's favorite target is Whittington. And, and what we saw from Casey Thompson against Arkansas, it was the same. It was mostly to Whittington, which I think is good to see, um, you know, that Texas is trying to get their, their best offensive playmakers involved. And, you know, under Herman, it seemed like we would have a good game out of Whittington or, or Jake Smith or whoever, and then we wouldn't hear from him for the next two games, you know. And it's like, oh, you know, there's Whittington. He's still on this team, right? So at least Texas is trying to get Whittington involved, but not a lot with, with Josh and Moore, and I thought we would have seen a little bit more maybe some easy slant routes, but I think Arkansas did a pretty good job. Their linebacking core uh, of taking away that against Hudson Card, but Card just looked so antsy in the pocket and just, you know, when he did have time to throw, he didn't look comfortable, and a lot of times he didn't have time to throw. And, of course, resulted in um, uh, third and nines, a lot of incomplete passes. Yeah, three catches for 17 yards for Joshua Moore so far. Texas has to get more out of him. Yeah. Um, at a, after Oklahoma, if Texas was – Three and, and three, four and two, three or two and four. What what would what would be a success after that Oklahoma game with Texas record? With Rice Tech at TC. Yeah. Um you Yeah, game. I mean if they could make it through with with only two losses, that uh, that might be that might be successful. I I would say that's really the lowest bar. You know, I would say really you know, success would be going four and one, you know, in that, in that stretch, because I think that, 
you know, TCU and, and Oklahoma State are, are games that, uh, you know, Texas not should win, but but needs to win, um, you know, if, if this is going to be a successful season. And and I, I, I say, you know, needs to win in part because um, Texas needs to win this year to be able to recruit at the level that they need to recruit at to be able to win, especially with the looming move, you know, to the SEC on the horizon at some point in the next you know, several years, almost certainly before 2025. And, and, you know, that, that's a huge thing that's, you know, looming over all of this. And, you know, I, I think recruits had, had to feel good about the first game, like everyone else. And, you know, had to be massively disappointed by the Arkansas game. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why Texas can't afford to have, you know, results like that, or they're not going to be able to close the, the 2022 class with the offensive lineman that they need, or, or you know, a guy like Evan Stewart at, at wide receiver. And it's uh, going to put them behind in, in uh, 2023 recruiting too. So, you know, really a, a lot at stake with, um, you know, recruits, not buying into the optimism of a coaching change in the same way that they did under Charlie Strong and Tom Herman. Yeah. And justify with nothing. Yeah, it's definitely a, a big development to watch is how the recruiting class kind of evolves over this season, depending on wins and losses. And someone asked Sarkeesian today, what was his message for the coaching staff after the loss? And, uh, and he said that, well, I'm glad we got it out now. Like, I'm glad we got this loss out of the way. And I agree as much as, you know, as we're reacting to this loss and how it was a bad loss, you know, we, we can't overstate it. Arkansas played better. They deserved to win. Texas did not, but it did come in a week two before big 12 play started. So I think, I think the bar for Texas for a successful season is making that big 12 championship game. And right now that's still on the table. You know, obviously Iowa state, you know, didn't look so good against Iowa. Didn't look good in week one against Northern Iowa, but you know, they still, they always kind of struggle and, early August, early September, and still find a way to get it together. And conference play, TCU is always pretty good. And Kansas State, uh, I'm starting to believe in what Kansas State is doing. Even though it's been two weeks, they look good against Stanford. And we just saw what Stanford did to um, USC. So, But, like, I mean, the, the door to getting into that Big 12 title game is still there. But, I mean, there's just a long way to go. Yeah, uh, a lot of, lot of improvement Texas needs to make. You know, especially on the offensive line, finding the quarterback, and you know the the hope I think with the offensive line, as you know Kyle Flood, you know mentioned, is that every every good offensive line he's had got better during the season, and you know Texas is going to have to improve a lot just to be good, um, and and so you know a lot is is really riding on you know his developmental ability right now. Yeah, cool. Uh, any more thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think that's it for today. Sweet. Okay, so Monday editions of the Longhorn Republic. Just a quick recap of, of Steve Sarkeesian maybe a week before. And then I believe Wednesday we're going to try and do this again, a little bit more focus on, on the Rice matchup. Yep. Cool. Well, Scott, thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. <laughs>